all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now Joseph had a dream. He told it to his brothers. They hated him even more. Verse 9, then he dreamed still another dream. What do you do when you're hated for your dream? Dream another dream. And he told it to his brothers and said, Look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars bowed down to me. And Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers feeding the flocks of Shechem? Come, and I will send you to them. So he said to him, Here I am. Then he said to him, Please go and see if it is well with your brothers and well with the flock and bring me word. So he sent him out to the valley of Hebron and he went to Shechem. Verse 23, it came to pass when Joseph had come to his brothers that they stripped Joseph of his coat, the coat of many colors that was on him. And then they took him and cast him into a pit. And the pit was empty and there was no water in it. And they sat down to eat a meal. Then they lifted their eyes and looked, and there was a company of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead, and with their camels bearing spices, balm, myrrh, on their way to carry them down to Egypt. Judah said to his brother, What profit is there if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him for he is our brother and our flesh his brothers listened then the median uh, medianites traders passed by so the brothers pulled joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to the ishmaelites for 20 shackles of silver and they took joseph to egypt amen i want to talk to you today about keeping the dream alive, keeping the dream alive. Father, bless our time together today. Bless your word. Help me to be able to speak it in a way that we can understand it. Amen. Most of the time in our lives, we live within the framework of our own experiences, not understanding the pain and the injustice that come into our life. We suffer early on in life. Most of us live and we see that in our lives and we don't understand that the reality is that the reason that we battle and the reason that we face the things that we are facing is because there is attack against us, not for where we have been, but for where we are going. Usually we think the things that are going on in our lives are random. They are have no meaning. They have no purpose or reason. But the truth of the matter is that there is a masterful attack, a plot, if you will, against your life, so that many times we, by the time that we come to a place of fulfillment, we come to a place of understanding that the enemy has had an assignment and an attacks against our life, many of us from an early age that we don't even understand, but the enemy believed in you more than you believed in yourself. 
Sometimes the enemy can see the gift in you that not even your parents can see. Sometimes he can see in you what even those around you cannot see. And so he begins this masterful plan and strategy to try to bring you down so that at an early age you will give up on ever doing anything of greatness. So that you will give into the fact of saying, I will never be but status quo. But I want you to understand today that the enemy understands that the battle that he has to win as at, at this point and at this time. Because you've got to understand the battle and the things that you're facing are not about your yesterday. What you're facing and fighting today has everything to do with your tomorrow. It is about what you're about to step into. It's about where you are going. And your enemy understands many times before you do that your des what destiny and that uh, purpose and that place that God has ordained for your life, he locks it up in your heart. And most of us have that sensing whenever we have, have the privilege of being raised up in the church and, and raised up in the presence of God. We have that sensing at an early age what God would have for us to do. He begins to place it in our hearts, but yet the enemy begins to war against us to try to stop that which we have believed God for. And if he doesn't fight you before you get to that place of victory, let me ask you this. Why didn't the enemy fight Reuben? Because he didn't have a dream. He didn't have any vision. He didn't have any purpose. Reuben was just living. The devil don't fight people that don't have purpose. People that don't have a destiny. People that aren't on their way somewhere fulfilling an assignment in their life, the devil is not going to fight you. Amen. You don't charge a battery that don't work. You don't put gas in a car that don't run. And the devil don't waste his energy on people that aren't going anywhere. But whenever you purpose in your heart, I'm going to do what God has destined for me to do. Amen. Before you get to that place, he knows that he's got to stop you because if you ever get to where you said you were going, if you ever get to the place that God has put in your heart, the enemy has already come to a conclusion, I'm not going to be able to do anything with them once they get to that place. So he has to stop you. He has to derail you. He has to frustrate you. He has to get you to give up on the dream and give up on the purpose for which God created you for before you get to that place because he knows if you get to that place, you're going to walk in your authority. You're going to know who you are as a child of God and you will tread up on scorpions and serpents and you will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Cover, and you will cast out the enemy and you will have victory over every situation in your life. So the enemy knows he has to fight you right now. The problem is these attacks are sent to cause us to draw back in the place that God has appointed for us to grow. 
it is in the very place in which you have been attacked that you will find that that is where God will use you. It is in that place that came in through a weakness that God will extract and cause strength to come out of if you're only willing to face your enemy. You see, many times the devil wants to draw back. You remember in the Old Testament we hear of a story of the man of God that goes by himself and a lion comes out. And the Bible says that he slew that lion. And on his way back, he doesn't go back a different route. He goes back by where the enemy came against him. And the Bible said instead of him having a struggle or a fight this time, he finds honey in the carcass of his enemy. You've got to just get bold enough to face your lion and say, you may have attacked me, you may have tried to bring harm to me in this area, but I have enough sense to understand where you you wouldn't have attacked me there if I didn't have some ability there. You would have never fought me in that place and in that manner if you didn't know that I was able to have greatness come out of there. And so today we've got to understand that. We've got to understand we wouldn't have had a struggle in those places in our life had the enemy not known that God would use us greatly there someday. The enemy will do what he can do to try to keep you down while you're young. Parents don't speak into the lives of children anymore. So the educator tells them what they are. You're either a brilliant student or you're stupid. You don't speak into their life and neither does the church as a whole. And so the drug dealer tells them who they are. We don't speak into the young generation's life. And so another culture tells them, you're the X generation. You're nobodies. You'll never accomplish anything. The greatest generation has already lived. And from here on out, nobody will ever achieve what previous generations have achieved. And we allow culture to speak into a generation. And tell them you're nobodies. And so guess what? They have risen up and they, there is no expectation from them. So guess what you get out of them? Culture speaks into their lives and tells them you can't accomplish a thing. And we buy into it and we believe it. But the reality is that we've got to rise up and understand that right in the place where there was an attack against us, the enemy has tried to put his finger on that door and keep that door shut in your life because there is purpose that will come out if that door ever gets open. If that door ever comes open, there is going to be potential. There's going to be destiny. There's going to be fulfillment that's going to come out of that door where pain once went in. Power is going to come out and deliverance is going to come out and strength is going to come out. I remember the first time I ever went overseas and it was a horrific experience. Felt like whenever I first started preaching, I said, God, I'll preach, but I don't want to go overseas. 
I don't want to do none of that because I heard crazy stories about that. And uh, I do it, but just don't send me over there. So it was all cool and fine for a while, but God began to wake me up in the night and I'd see dreams and visions and I would hear the sounds of, of voices that you could not understand, but they were crying out for help. And so I went on this mission trip, and, and whenever I got there, it was horrifying. I didn't even get nearly off of the plane, and crazy stuff started happening, and, and uh, seeing people running around with knives and machine guns and all this mess. And, and I said, God, if you could just get me up out of here, you won't never have to deliver me from this again. <laughs> Amen. And for a long time, I just prayed for them as they went. But how many know when God puts something in you? God began to stir on that. Many years, I, I've come to a place that I wouldn't even go, but for quite some time. But there was still that stirring in my heart because I didn't dream this up. I didn't say, well, it would be nice to go to a third world country. It would be nice to go to Africa and have people chase you around with knives and machine guns. I, did, I didn't dream all that up. It was something God put in my heart. Amen. And I've come to an understanding that that attack that day was an assignment of hell to try to stop me from fulfilling part of the destiny that God placed inside of me. And so I had to rise up, get back on a plane and go to another country just to face that lion, to face that enemy and say, I'm not going to stay at home because you've attacked me in such a manner. This is part of my assignment in the kingdom of God. Amen. And so we've come to that understanding that the enemy comes to fight you. You see, we've got to understand the adversary is not uh, your the adversary is not your enemy. The adversary is proof that you have an enemy. So when there is this adversary in your life, it is proof that your enemy is trying to attack you. But God is wants to send you through in that place your gifts and your talent and your passion. God has put something inside of your life that is not visible to others and isn't even visible to you. But the enemy knows that you have that ability. He has, has put something in you that causes a man turmoil and strife to you, for you to stick out so that strife and turmoil will be drawn to your life. You don't have to say a word and you can walk into a room and people will know that you're gifted and people will know there's something on you that makes you stand out. He put something on you like he did Joseph. The father had to know that whenever he gave him that coat, that it was going to cause turmoil. The father put that coat on him that it drew attention. And that attention caused him and his gift to try to put him, hide, push him back and hide him in a corner. But God didn't give you the gift that he has placed in your life for you to go hide in a corner somewhere. He has placed it on you so that you will be able to go and minister to other people. Amen. You see, Peter and John knew the power of God that was on their lives. And they went and they said, silver and gold have we none. But such as we have, we're going to give it to you. In other words, they weren't hiding in a corner somewhere. 
They knew the power that God had placed in their lives. And I want to tell you, it may draw a, a, a strife. It may draw problems to your life. But don't give up your coat for nobody. Don't give up the dream and the passion that God has placed in your life. He hasn't given you that blessing. He hasn't given you that coat so that you can go hide in a corner somewhere. He, ho- he put it on you so that you can walk in the room r- loud and proud and say, I've got something that you need. And in the name of Jesus Christ, get up out of that situation. Get up out of that circumstance and enjoy the power and the blessing of God. Amen. Everybody don't want you to be promoted. Some people aren't happy until you're beat down and depressed as they are. And when you make up your mind, I'm not going to stay here anymore. When you make up your mind that I'm not trying to prove anything, I'm just going to wear my coat. I'm just going to walk in the blessing of the Father. You see, God says you don't have to be defeated. God says you don't have to give up your coat. You don't have to give up what God has given you so that you can appease the opinions of people. But just keep on wearing your coat. Joseph's brothers didn't hate him because he had a coat. They hated him because they didn't have a coat. The problem is, is whenever you have a dream, people won't hate you because of your dream. They'll hate you because they don't have one. Because they're not going anywhere. You find two people that have a dream and there'll be a Joseph that'll help one another fulfill the dream and the destiny. But whenever one doesn't have a dream, they're not going anywhere. They'll fight and war against the one who has a dream. Have you found out when some people try to nitpick at you? They are not nitpicking at you. They'll, they'll say that it's about your dream, but it isn't really about the nitpicking. isn't really about all the stuff they're talking about. It's what they won't say. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's what they don't want to talk about. Because what they're really a problem with is that you keep wearing that coat. You, it, it isn't just that you've got a coat, but you wear it everywhere. You won't take it off for nothing, for nobody. You just keep on wearing that coat. Amen. They don't know that God is doing something bigger on the inside of you than you wearing that coat on the outside. They don't understand. You see, Joseph's brothers thought if they could get the coat off of him, he would go down. But what they didn't realize is the coat on the outside was just a little bit of reflection of what Father God was doing on the inside of them. Amen. And he was putting purpose in him. He was putting destiny inside of him. And even when they took his coat, he still had a promise. And he kept on pushing on that promise till God fulfilled his purpose in his life. Amen. You see, we've got to understand today that God has bigger purpose than a coat. You've got dreams inside of you. You've got a purpose inside of you. And it's not about you just fulfilling or going into something just to be impressive or something to just fulfill and say, I did better than somebody else. But God's put something inside of you so that not only will you be blessed, but you can be a blessing to others. He hasn't given you that dream so that you can be Mr. Big Bucks. He hasn't given you that dream so you can be the smartest person you know. 
He has given you that dream and that purpose so that you can help others with a dream and a purpose and their life can fulfill the destiny that God has ordained for them. Amen. There's something about having dreams and destiny, a spirit that your vision will never get smaller. It always gets bigger. Just because his brothers didn't like it, didn't stop Joseph from dreaming. And their words to him did not cause his dream to diminish. The pressure, the tribulation, the fighting caused his dream to get bigger. Amen. I'm, I, I assure you, he wasn't, even theologians describe him and say he wasn't the brightest at how he handled things. He wasn't the most humble person, in other words. And so, even though he was getting these dreams, have you ever had somebody have a word, but you couldn't receive it because of their attitude? Now, Joseph might have been something like that. He, he had something, but he knew he had something. And, and so, but he didn't let it stop his dream. And so the Bible said he dreamed another dream. And when he woke up, he said, boys, let me tell you about this. <laughs> the reason that you've been fought so strongly in your life and the reason that some are going through what you're going through right now, I want you to get this revelation today. You are being fought and you're being pressed on every side, not because of where you have been, but because you're about to fulfill your destiny. Because you're fulfilling that purpose every day. You woke up this morning and said, I'm not going to lay in this bed of depression. I'm not going to stay here in this bondage. But I'm going to get up and I'm going to press through. And I'm going to make my way to the house of God. I'm going to worship him and I'm going to praise him. And I'm going to tell the enemy he's been defeated. I'm going to tell him the blood of Jesus is greater than all of the enemy that has come against me. And I'm going to declare the word of the Lord over my life. Sometimes you've just got to serve notice on the enemy. You're not going to take your coat off for nobody. Amen. Now let me hurry on because I want to get everybody together. Don't abandon your dream when others don't believe your dream. The enemy will make sure that people in your life will try to come with the purpose of delaying and destroying your dreams. Just as sure as God, when he wants to bless you, will use people. The enemy, when tries to fight you, will use people. And there's a whole lot of people willing to be used. And so, while you try to be kind to everybody, you don't let everybody up in your house. Come on, somebody. You don't give everybody access to your heart. You don't give everybody access to your life. You need to keep your stuff off of Facebook. Amen. You need to quit airing your laundry out to everybody, letting everybody know the recepts of your heart because everybody don't have a right. Amen. And let me tell you something. It's harder to get them out of your stuff than it is to let them in your stuff. I ain't telling you to run around and be fearful. I'm telling you to guard your heart. Come on. I'm just pastoring good right here. 
Joseph was sold by his brothers because they didn't believe his dream was worth anything. They under-evaluated his dream. They underestimated his worth. And we talked about this. They sold him for 20 shackles. 20 shackles. A shackle is worth 64 cents. It means that they sold him for $12.80 to his enemy. Amen. They were saying, this is what we think of your dream. Your dream isn't worth anything. But let me tell you something before you give up on your dream and sell out for $12.80. They sold Jesus out, the Savior of the world, for $19.20. But I want to tell you his dream and for the purpose in which he was created was to come and hang high and stretch wide so that all of mankind could be redeemed back to Father God. Amen. That was his dream. That was his destiny. And if they sold him for $19.20, don't be worried whenever people come and say you ain't worth nothing. You ain't worth this. Your dream isn't nothing because I'm telling you there's something on the inside of you. God said he has given you in this earthen vessel a treasure, praise God. You are valuable. You are here. You are created for a purpose. You are designed like nobody else and you don't need to let nobody sell you out for $12.80. Amen. If God gave you a dream, he'll make it happen. Amen. He'll make it happen. Joseph If he had a, you see, what they were trying to do was reduce his mindset down. He had a million dollar mindset. And they couldn't fathom that. Because they had been brought up in a place that they couldn't imagine what, but ain't that the power of dreaming? That while you're in a place of famine, While you're in a place of lack, while you're in a place of nothing, you can dream of a day when you're sitting in a mansion. Oh, come on, somebody. And that was the power of his dream. He didn't fully understand it like you won't fully understand your dream when you first have it. But all he knew was, I've got a million dollar dream and they sold him for $12.80. But he didn't say, he said, I refuse to allow you to cause me to have a $13 mindset. I believe that God has given me a million dollar dream and I'm not selling out for $12.80. Amen. You see, if you've got a winner's mindset, you'll win. You show me somebody that's got a mindset of win, and I'll show you somebody they can push them to the bottom and they'll keep rising to the top. Amen. You show me somebody that's got a winner's mindset. Amen. And they'll bounce back from divorce. They'll bounce back from bankruptcy. They'll bounce back from all of hell that's pushed them down. They'll just keep coming back to the top. Why? Because God gave them a mindset that I am a winner and not a loser. I am more than a conqueror. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm going over this thing and I'm not going under. Victory is mine in the name of Jesus. I want to do I have any winners here today? I wonder if I have anybody that has a mindset, I'm going over and I'm not going under. Oh, come on and praise him here this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
See, you've got to get a mindset that says, I'm not going to fail. And don't let your vision be reduced down to the opinions or the approval of people. Because you see, we're wasting all our time trying to get everybody to like us instead of fulfilling the destiny that God has for us. Amen? Now, I'm not a crazy person. I like for folks to like me better than I do to hate me. But I'm telling you, I've got some haters. You don't have to do nothing but dream to get haters. Amen? But the reality is, yes, you want folk to like you, but if you don't like me, I'm sorry. I'm going to keep on dreaming my dream. I'm going to keep on believing the purpose and the destiny that God has for me. Because, you see, I didn't produce this. This isn't something that came out of my psyche or my mind. This came out of my spirit. And my spirit says that there are greater things ahead. My spirit says, amen, that there can be a region where it's hard to go to hell from here. My spirit says that victory can be won. My spirit says there can be a place where the sick will come sick and leave totally healed by the power of God. My spirit says that there can be a place where sons and daughters and fathers and mothers and grandparents and little children and great-grandchildren can worship in the same house and worship God in the beauty of holiness. My spirit says that cities can be won. Isaiah 43 and 1, But now thus saith the Lord who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. And I have called you by your name. (laughs) I tell you what, I, I could just shut the book and you ought to go home rejoicing just because of that one fact. There ain't too many people knows you by your name. Huh? When you go to work somewhere, they give you a tag, and you're, you're known by the tag number. You're this employer. Click. Right? Come on, work with me. Y'all work, acting like nobody works around here. <laughs> you got to click that time clock, and that you're known by your number. We, we, we owe one uh, number 2,312. We owe him $400 this week. The government knows you by a number. You call the president of the United States and ask him about Brian Matthews, and he'll say, who? But somehow they know how much tax I owe. (laughs) I shouldn't have said that. I got somebody mad right up in there. Amen. But they know how much I owe because of a number. That they placed on me when I was a child. But God in heaven don't know me by a number of number three billion person which I created. He knows me by my name. He has put my name in his book. And he don't call me by a number. But he said, I've given Brian James Matthews this vision and this purpose to fulfill in the assignment of time that I put him on the earth. Amen. He gave to you. Amen. He knows you by your name.
And he has placed an assignment inside of you. And let me tell you today that the richest place in the world is not Fort Knox. It's not somewhere where gold is stored up. But the richest place in the world is the graveyard where the people have been buried with unfulfilled dreams and destiny. If you don't hear anything I tell you today, don't you take your vision to the grave. Don't you take your purpose to the grave. But fulfill your purpose and your destiny for which you have been created for. That's free. Let me get back to it. Fear not, I have redeemed you and I have called you by your name and you are mine. And when you pass through, say when. Not if, but when. When you pass through the waters or the rivers, they shall not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for a ransom and Ethiopia and Sheba for you. And since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored and I have loved you. Therefore, I will give men for you and people for your life. Joseph's brother sold him for $12.80. But God has given the ultimate price, his son, because he believes in you. You must learn to expect the unexpected. When you're fulfilling your destiny and vision. Genesis 37 and 28, it said, Then the Midianites traded, traders passed by, and so his brothers pulled Joseph up and lifted him up out of the pit and sold him out to the Ishmaelites. Now the Midianites and the Ishmaelites are the same people. They're interchangeable. They're the same folks. And he sold them for 20 pieces of silver and took Joseph to Egypt. Midianite means strife. They put him in a pit, and now here comes strife. Have you ever noticed that strife always shows up when you're in the pit? Not only was he in a pit, but the Bible is clear to tell us it was a dry pit. The enemy comes to you when you're in a pit. In a dry place. Have you ever noticed he don't show up whenever you're looking for him? When you're on top of the mountaintop and feel like you could beat every demon in hell with a switch. He don't show up. But it's when you're in that pit. When you're in that low place. When you're in that dry place. That the enemy shows up with strife. He comes to bring division. He'll come to your family when you're in that dry place. He'll come against your job when you're in that dry place. He'll bring strife against husband and wife and brother and sister. And he'll bring turmoil between siblings and bring strife when you're in that dry place. Why? Because the enemy don't play fair. He's come to steal, to kill and destroy. In fact, he came to Jesus when? When he was in the dry place. It it doesn't say he was in a pit, but he was in a dry place. He was led into the wilderness for what reason? To be tempted of the devil. This strike came.
praying to Jesus. What was he coming for? He was to talk him out of his dream. He said, if you be the son of God, if you be the son of God, if you be the son of God, in the midst of that dryness, in the midst of that lonely place, in the midst of that emptiness, the enemy comes with strife to try to pull out of him his destiny, to give up on his purpose. And I want to tell you, if it happened to Jesus, my brothers and sisters, it will come to your house. He will come to you when you're lonely. He'll come to you when it feels like that God is a million miles away. You say, nobody in that church loves me. Nobody cares about me and he'll bring strife between you and those in your own house. He'll try to separate and try to bring division in the house of God. Why? So you'll give up on the dream. So you'll give up on the purpose. So that you'll lay it down and say it's not worth it. But let me tell you something baby, you're going to have to fight somebody and it might as well be the devil. If you're not serving God you're going to have to fight God and his plan for your life. But if you're serving God, you're going to have to fight the devil. But let me tell you this, God hasn't ever lost. Strife came when he was in the pit, in that dry place. Strife always shows up when you're in a dry place. Amen. Strife came while he was in the pit. But praise pulled him out of the pit. Have you ever noticed when people are on the mountaintop that they can praise God? But you give us a little strife and we're quieter than a church mouse. Huh? We can praise God pretty good, Pastor Jamie, when things are going good. But a little strife comes and you can hear a mouse tap dancing on cotton. You get that later. Amen. Isn't it true that somehow a strife kills our praise? Somehow the little uh, trouble or little division will shut up our mouth. But I want to tell you, even in the midst of strife, God is the greatest thing that has ever happened in your life. Amen. Even in the midst of turmoil and everything in your life is shaking and reeling and rocking. It is God that deserves the praise. It is God that deserves your worship. Amen. Your dream will draw strife to you, but don't let it stop you. Let strife be the fuel that takes your dream to that place that God has ordained for your life. Amen. The strife was Joseph's transportation to his next level. Amen. We wanted all glory all the time. But it was strife that took him from the pit to the place of his destiny. I read somewhere. And he will take all things and work them together for the good to them that love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. Joseph seen it fulfilled. He was in the midst of this pit, in the midst of haters, in the midst of a dry place, 
and strife comes. And now in the midst of strife, he he doesn't give up his praise, but he keeps on praising God. And when he starts praising God, strife gets come to that dry place, but out of praise. It brings him out of the pit, and strife takes him to his purpose. Hallelujah. I want you to understand today that whenever you will quit uh, quit praising God, amen, the enemy's got you right where he wants you. Amen. But whenever you refuse to give up, when you refuse to quit praising God, when you refuse, you see, it was Judah that brought him out of the pit. And I want to tell somebody today in the middle of strife, somebody that's in a dry place in your life, what you've got to do is learn how to praise him at all times. Don't praise him because things are good in your life. Praise him because he is good in your life. He is good all the time. He isn't good sometimes. He's not schizophrenic. He doesn't just bless every once in a while. He's always good. And when you will praise him, he inhabits the praise of his people. If you're in a dry place, if it looks like your dream isn't going to come to pass, if your today doesn't look nothing like your promise, you need to lift up your voice and say, hey devil, Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. Victory is mine in the name of the Lord. I will not be defeated. God has given me this vision. He has given me purpose and I will win this battle in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Keep focused on your dream and keep on praising God. Praise him when people don't like it. Praise him when they think you're getting a little too loud. You don't take all that. Why don't you shut up? They're getting on my nerves. Well, I'll tell you why they get on your nerves. I had one person come and ask me, I said, what you going to do about that woman praising like that? I said, I ain't going to do nothing about it. What you going to do about it? Because the Spirit showed me something, Pastor Jimmy. The Spirit showed me the reason they was getting, she was getting on their nerves is because they used to praise like that and they shut their mouth. They used to worship God. They used to be free with their praise and glorify Him. But now strife had come to their house. They was in a dry place. And what they needed to do is open their mouth and give God some praise. But the devil had them right where they are. But I want to tell you today, the devil is a liar. It doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter the circumstances you're in. You may be in the driest place of your life. But I've come to remind you of something today, baby. Darkness can only endure for for the night, but joy's got to come in the morning. And if you'll praise him, your morning's going to show up quicker. If you'll bless him, your blessing will be accelerated. If you'll lift up your voice, there isn't nothing that's going to stop you from coming up out. You've got to open your mouth and give God your praise. Oh, come on and bless him. Come on and bless him. Come on and bless him today. Somebody needs to tell the devil, I've got the promise and I'm not giving it up. I've got the victory and I'm not letting go of it. Victory is mine in the name of Jesus. I may be in a dry place. I may be in a lonely place. But I'm still in the greatest place that I've ever been. 
because I'm in the purpose that God has ordained for my life. I'm in the direction that God has for me. And even though it may look like I'm going down right now, just keep on watching me, baby, because this isn't where I'm going. I'm just in the process of going to where God has ordained for my life. (laughs) Hey, I may be in the pit right now, but don't count me out. Amen. Because this is just process. Shout process. People don't want to go through the process. All they want is the promise. But I'm walking out my promise and this is just the process. And the pit is part of the process. But I'm not going to stay here long. I'm just going to stay here till strife comes. And then I'm going to lift up my voice. And I'm going to praise God right in the middle of it. And tell the devil he is a liar. And tell God you're awesome in my life. And nothing can separate me from your love. And nothing can destroy the vision of the purpose that you have placed in my heart I'm going somewhere and nothing and none of the gates of hell will be able to stop me in the name of Jesus Christ oh come on and praise him today come on and praise him today somebody that's got a dream somebody that's got vision somebody that knows you're not finished yet come on and open your mouth and bless God hallelujah Praise him today. Your dream must not be very big if that's all the praise it's going to take. I said praise him today. Praise him today. Praise your way out of the pit. Praise your way out of turmoil. Praise your way out of the strife that's come against you. Push back on it with your praise. Open your mouth and tell God how good he is right now in the midst of your situation. Oh, hallelujah. 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 (laughs) Oh, Father, I just thank you today for your presence. I thank you for your gift of dreams and visions. I thank you, God, that you've given us purpose and a destiny. And God, even in the process, help us not to grow weary in well-doing. Because we know in due season, (laughs) we're pregnant with destiny. And in due season, we're going to reap because we refuse to faint. We will declare the work of the Lord in the land of the living. We will be seen as blessed and not defeated. Because you have called us to be more than conquerors through him that loved us. (laughs) Hallelujah, hallelujah. wonder how many dreamers I've got today. Can we have a little church today? Can we get a little victory today on a Sunday morning? I know on Wednesday night we get kind of crazy, but I wonder if on a Sunday morning, would it be all right for some dreams to come back to life? 
I wonder on a Sunday morning if there's somebody in this house today that says, Pastor, you know what? I'm, I'm in that pit. I'm in the middle of strife. I'm in a dry place, but I want God just to give me direction for this dream and this destiny. Don't want to give up on the purpose that God has ordained for me, but I'm just going to get up out of here and just give God a little praise right here. And he don't have to do nothing for me. He don't have to prove nothing to me. He's God in my life, and I'm just going to bless him right here, right now. Do I have anybody like that? Come on, help him praise a little bit, Jamie. Come on and give the Lord the highest praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on and give the Lord the highest praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on and give the Lord the highest praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's praise His holy. to come and help me right here. Come on. You got a dream that hasn't come to pass yet? You got a destiny it seems like hell's fighting against? Come on. Let's take a minute this morning and let's just tell the devil. Amen. We ain't giving up on the dream. We're not giving up on the purpose. Our sons and daughters will be saved. Our bodies will be healed. We'll live in victory and not in defeat. We're going to be the head and not the tail. Come on. Hallelujah. We're just going to bless him today. You say, well, pastor, don't take all that. No, but it's just an announcement to the enemy that we're not about to give up. How many know sometimes if the enemy looks like you look like you're about to give up, he'll put more on you. But whenever you look at him and tell him, I ain't even started yet. He'll back up and give up before you ever get started. Amen. Somebody's going to get victory today. Somebody's dream's going to come alive again today. <laughs> hey, come on and kill the Lord.